0: So that the imminent kingdom of God and uh, the the focus will be um, just explaining the mystery this morning, and, and just before I, I pray, and uh, this is in no way, no way an attack. It's just kind of an observation. I was chatting with a a deacon, a couple deacons, and a pastor from another church, just just as to well, they were sharing about. Where, where God's leading them and some of the different things that they've been observing in their own church and, and a couple of the, the statements that, that one of the deacons made then I managed to keep my mouth shut for a little bit um, but was to do with, with the teaching in the church right? and I think Brent and I were having a conversation about Pastor Mike was teaching doctrine as his time was coming to a close and, and there's wisdom there because doctrine's being challenged on every every level now i mean culture society um the world itself is opposing it and uh the deacon made the, the statement that the church is sending um the young people from the church out to learn what the church should be teaching right the kids in the church the the youth of the church and uh, it really really stimulated it's been on on my heart for quite a few years um because the people in the church need to know what the Bible schools are teaching. Because the Bible schools are teaching what the Word of God says. And, uh, I mean, ignorance in the church is a scary thing when it comes. And so, I mean, that's, that's kind of why we have whiteboards out. That's why I'm putting notes out. Um, because we need to understand what these pages... So a couple statements just as we, we begin. And this would be from a young man. Because, I mean, I'm now 36 I keep saying I'm almost 40. Krista says, stop it. Um, but being a young man that grew up in the church and then, then had my wayward years and then coming back, um, I, don't, I see things a little bit differently than someone who sat in the pews right, all their lives. Right? And then just a couple statements, just as we're going. You, you cannot say that you love the Word of God and yet show a disinterest to understand what it says. Right? When it comes to the love for the Word of God and show a an disinterest for a young man seeing that, that sends wrong signals. Right? That, 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 doesn't, that doesn't instill what needs to be done. Uh, another question, as I was thinking through why we're doing why do most funerals emphasize what they did in the church, like what they did physically in the church, and not the spiritual things of their walk? Right, that how they loved the Word of God, how they pored over the Scriptures, how they invested in the, the, the young men and the young women of the church. Why why does it emphasize what they did in the church? And not to meddle, but I'm thinking about this. When questions, biblical questions, come up, and I, I I'm that kid. I ask questions, million questions. Why why? Um, explain it to me. And I thought to myself. When asked biblical questions, you cannot answer biblical questions with generic ideas and concepts. Do you know what I mean? Like like, like if there's a biblical question, the Bible needs to be opened and, and you need to be able to explain that or go to a source that explains that. Because that's what kids need. That's what that's what adults need. They don't need a generic. And I wrote down a couple just how would I define generic? And this isn't going to be a topical message. We're going <laughs> to um, definition of generic? first response would be i don't know and then just leaving it that would be a generic response right just I, I don't know and moving on kind of shows the young people you don't care it's not important second one is well and i have to be careful here because I, I got this quite a bit through through my different experiences in my 36 years well you know you know you have a, a very solid biblical question it, well you know well y- you know you know you know what I, you know Right? Well, that's not, a, that's not a biblical answer to a, a, a biblical life question. And then lastly, and there's some humor in this, when, when a, a child or a teen or a, a college age or an adult conversation asks that question and you give them the response and you move on and then the person is left with you know no, no comprehension of that. So that's kind of why we're, we're getting this. So, um, as we're studying, recognize this is for ourselves, but this is pouring over into discipleship, right? The people we're investing in, the people that are coming into the church looking for answers. So that's why I feel it's so, so important. So let's pray. Um, hopefully you have those little charts there. We can, we can write some verses in and continue with that. Um, but again, this is for you to know and grow closer to Christ, understanding His program but it's not just for you to know, right? These are to be, to be understood and then passed on and part of our conversations and, and glorifying God. So, dearly, Father, we do thank you for this time, Lord, that we can just set aside and pour over the pages of Scripture, Lord, and, and just see, see your plan. Lord, I think of, and, and, and it's a little humorous, I think of the first time I was introduced to the term meta narrative. Lord, and and just beginning to see the Genesis to Revelation, Lord, picture. And I pray that that you would open our eyes to this, that we would be able to take these bite-sized chunks, that we would allow these pieces in your plan of redemption to fall into place. And and Lord, we wouldn't just have this for ourselves, that we would pass these things on. Lord, conversations with our kids, our grandkids, Lord, our, our, our neighbors, people that used to sit in these pews. Lord, I pray that you would just give us that hunger, and I pray that you would lead us in this study this morning, and I pray these things in your name, amen. So even just beginning, um, Jesus is the Messiah. What does Messiah mean? Anointed, chosen, it's the Hebrew, that's right, Um, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. What does Christ mean in the Greek? Anointed, chosen, right? It's two different languages, right? Lord, kurios, supreme authority. Um, Jesus itself, Jesus' His name, Jehovah Yasha, Jehovah saves. So just even in the very name of Jesus, uh, it explains so much. And I can't help but think that, that as we learn what those names mean, our knees should start bending a little bit more. He paid the price on Calvary, but He is He is our our King. Jesus brought the kingdom, right? As God Himself came in the flesh, because Jesus is fully God, fully man, born of a virgin, sinless, right? Lived a sinless life uh, to be our sacrifice on the altar on the cross. But he came with him offering the kingdom. Do we remember last week? Deuteronomy chapter thirty, verse one to ten, right? That glimpse of that kingdom. We can write that in, a glimpse of that kingdom. All right? we've, we've looked at Deuteronomy 31 to 10. We've looked at Isaiah 65, that harmony, right? the lion laying down with the lamb, that spiritual fellowship. And, and I'd like you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 31 this morning, and we'll start our, start our journey. I think that's going to catch in my mind. Um, we're not going to take a sprint, right? we're going to take a journey and a, and a glimpse again, at the the kingdom of God that that Israel was looking forward to. Jeremiah chapter 31. And I want us to notice, again, the, the promises that Peter, Thomas, and Philip, and Judas would be looking for in the kingdom of God. I want us to recognize that as Jesus is seated on the throne in that thousand years, this is what the, 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 the rule, this is what the atmosphere, this is what the environment's going to be like when he puts his kingdom into place. There's our word. Is Neil still up here? No? Let's say we were trying to inaugural. No, inaugurated. Inaugure, we, were, we were working through that word this morning. But um, Jeremiah 31, beginning in verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And the neat thing about prophecy is if it's not fulfilled, it's still coming. Does that make sense? As God said, if it's not fulfilled, it's still coming. And again, as we watch our news, the rockets and everything going on in Israel, we know the kingdom hasn't come yet. right? We know it's coming. right? And that's the prophetic side of things. Okay? So the new covenant, that's why... To, to include it all in here Israel's new covenant messianic kingdom of God so behold the days are coming says the Lord when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt my covenant right we're thinking Moses right we're thinking about um, the covenants that were made um, my covenant which they broke though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. It's an interesting study how Israel was the unfaithful wife over and over and over again. But this, okay, and we're speaking to the kingdom of God, this new covenant, this promise, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. That's important. After those days, says the Lord, notice the aspects here, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts that, 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 that spiritual intercession that, that, that connection that closeness of fellowship I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people I erased it this week for whatever reason but we remember right it's by faith for relationship with God You believe that God is going to provide the righteousness. Lord, I I believe. I believe in you. It's by faith for relationship, and it's obedience for fellowship. Okay, Obedience for fellowship. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, no, the Lord. There won't be that need. Know the Lord, for they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. That's the Old Testament believer was looking for as Jesus came with the kingdom. right? That intimacy, that intercession, um, that, that, that harmony between them and God it was such a a beautiful picture and you can imagine as Jesus came right and Jesus' message right from the beginning was repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand turn turn to God right he was offering that harmony if they would only believe that he is the Christ the son of God but we also know that they didn't respond very well Right? And I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 12. And this is an important part of these pieces. Matthew chapter 12. Israel had their Old Testament scriptures. They were looking, looking ahead. They were looking for a Messiah. We often say that they were looking for more of a political Messiah. Which, which there's truth in that. But Jesus made it, made it very clear. As he was sitting on the Sermon on the Mount, sitting on the hillside, right, he was delivering some of these kingdom principles for them. How, how people were to live in righteousness, live in harmony, loving God, loving the neighbors themselves, uh, living a, a, as God walked in their midst. Verse 23 of Matthew chapter 12. This is how Israel responded. and It, it is very pointed. That's why I've, I've selected these verses. Verse 23 says, and this is just after Jesus cast out a, a demon, demon-possessed man. I mean, the, the supernatural, Jesus had been preaching. It couldn't get any more clear that God was in their midst. Right? I mean, the, the, the power, what He was doing, the message, the Spirit's working, it was so clear. The multitude seeing what Jesus was doing, right? the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the Son of David? could this be our king could this be our messiah the anointed chosen could this be our christ anointed chosen right could this be the son of david what did the pharisees do now when the pharisees heard it they said this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub. right they associate jesus with satan right the ruler of the demons now i don't know if it comes down to rejecting Jesus, that's pretty clear. That, that is a hard, hard heart. Right? Jesus has done everything that he can to present himself as the Messiah. John the Baptist preached. He authenticated himself. God, God authenticated him with the voice from heaven, right? the signs and wonders, and yet they accuse him of being with Satan. Right? That is a hard rejection. Come over to verse 36 with me. The same chapter. Jesus lays it on the table for them. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. This is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The gospel couldn't get any clearer, and Israel was hard enough to reject it completely. For by your words, Pharisees and, and Israel, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. They had made their decision. They had made their decision. So then we step into this. We're going to turn back to John, and we'll continue with that. John chapter 14. We step into understanding that there's a whole lot of things, right, from the rejection here. There's a whole lot of things that take place. This is the, what is known as the mystery. This is what is known as the... Dr. Doherty would teach it as the parenthesis. I started calling it the pause. <laughs> A little bit smaller word for me, right? There, there's this pause in here from the rejection to the kingdom of God. Right? There, there's the, the, the Daniel 69th uh, week um, coming through here. And in that pause, right, we have the, 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 the events of the cross, Right now and Peter James Philip and Judas didn't didn't understand Isaiah 53 as they read their text they did after the cross looking back but they didn't understand it coming through so this pause this parenthesis this mystery included the cross where Jesus the Messiah king willingly went to the altar and, and allowed himself to be nailed to that cross Part of that pause and mystery comes with the Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the coming of the Holy Spirit. It comes with the mystery of the church, of Jew and Gentile being one in Christ. That's all part of the mystery, the rapture, the tribulation. And maybe we will, just because we're there. Let's turn to Ezekiel 36. And if nothing else, we're getting good at finding these these, these chapters in, in these books, Ezekiel 36. And the reason why I want to look at this is because we mentioned the coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, right, in Pentecost. And we'll notice a few, Ezekiel chapter 36. And we'll just begin reading in verse 23. And again, this is just a, a, a journey. Right, just bite-sized chunks. Right, but I want us to recognize the promise of the, the Spirit, the intimacy, the fellowship that goes on here. And it's important because the church is supposed to reflect some of these traits. So we'll just begin reading maybe in verse 26. And it says... After after God says about gathering and sanctifying, gathering, there's a a deliverance from among the nations into the inheritance of the land. There's a promised blessing. And he says in verse 26, I will give you a new heart. A new heart. A a, a new new creation, it sounds like. It sounds like a new, new beginning, doesn't it? I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Can our hearts get hard in the midst of life? Can we get hardened to words? Um, I, I think of our Wednesday night study, study there. One of, one of the folks made a mention, even after Jesus fed the 5,000, right? it says that in Mark 6.52 that the disciples didn't understand the miracle because their hearts were hardened. And the easiest way that I could explain, and the question was, how could they not believe at that point? And the easiest thing that I could, I, I could say in the moment was, people drive by God's church every day. I mean, I know I sit here, the, 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 the traffic going into to Woodstock, going to work there, they drive by, and yet they choose to live in their brokenness. Right? There's still a generation behind that knows what we do in here. They, they know that there's answers. They know that, that, that we have the Word of God that leads us through life, and yet they still drive by. Right? That, that's a hardening of heart. But here there is this, I will put My Spirit within you. Verse 27, And I will put My Spirit within you and cause you to walk in My statutes, and you will keep My judgments and do them. This is what Israel was looking for when the Messiah comes. When the Messiah takes His throne for that thousand years. Right, this, the, the spirit being poured out, this new heart, this harmony with, with God the Father and, and, and that intercession taking place. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Faith for relationship, obedience for fellowship. Right, And we know when we're close walking with the Lord. Then you shall dwell in the land. Right? Inheritance, the promised land, Israel. Then you shall dwell in the land I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I shall be your God. I will deliver you from all uncleanness. I will call for the grain and multiply it, and bring no famine upon you. Right? We're in that that land of rest in the kingdom. Right? That time of blessing, of multiplying. That's what they were looking forward to. And I will multiply the fruit of your trees. An increase of your field so that you need never again bear the reproach of famine among the nations. It's a pretty clear description of what the kingdom's going to be like, isn't it? You better like fruit. It's going to be a lot of fruit, <laughs> a lot of grains. Okay, so I mean, that, that's all part of what they were anticipating. And I just kind of collected myself here as, as we read through this text, right? The kingdom of God was to be a place where God's Holy Spirit knitted together a spiritual fellowship of believers, they believed in God, they're in the kingdom, in agape love, never before seen in God's relationship with humanity. The Spirit poured out. You see this time of blessing. Jeremiah 31, you won't have to tell anybody about Jesus. They'll know who He is. Right, that that spiritual fellowship of blessing and that agape love that, that we don't in, in different aspects it's there in the old testament, but nothing like the kingdom's going to be like. Right? That intimacy, that harmony in the hearts of believers. Right? Just just complete peace of families. Of marriages. Can you imagine that? So close to Jesus that that, that those those relationships for those that are in humanity are are just perfect all the time. That's how close people will be with the Lord. The the harmony that we read with the Spirit being poured out, direct worship. Don't we take that for granted? That, That coming before the Lord. Right? And in the kingdom it's going to be like that. The Jew, Jew had to go to the temple. The Jew followed the different Levitical laws. But for that time they were anticipating that, that go-between. Living in a promised land where every neighbor, man, woman, and child, knew who Christ the King is on his throne. And here was the, the picture that kind of settled over my heart when I was thinking about the Spirit being poured out. Everybody being that close to God, that close to Jesus, right? You imagine just casually wanting to go to talk to Jesus? And for the Jew, like, like not having to go to the temple, not having to take that lamb, the idea of, of being so close to God, I, I just want to go talk to my king and being able to go to do that. Do you know what that would have meant for them? You know, or that idea, I have a problem or a question. I want to go to Jesus. That's how close, close that would be, right? Or... And you just allow yourself to, to, to think about what that must have meant for that Old Testament believer. But then all of a sudden we come ahead to, to what the church right, is supposed to reflect. And those are the promises that we have. Now those texts talked about the kingdom of God, but, but, but we received that at Pentecost, did we not? Because when we place our faith in Christ today, Right? We believe that he came and he died, he was buried, he rose again. Right, We receive the Holy Spirit within us. We are regenerated, we're made new. Right? We become that new creation. Right, We are indwelt, you have God himself dwelling in you. That delivers, or it should deliver a lot of our problems, should it not? Right, that's what leads us. That's what leads us out of who we once were. That's, that's what leads us in our conversations. We're indwelt. We're adopted into the spiritual body of Christ. Right? That, that's the harmony. That's the agape. That's the closeness. I mean, I don't have to tell Mr. Hogue about who Jesus is. You know that. The Spirit dwells within you. Or, or Kate, right? Or, or Aldina. I, I don't need to. They're, they're, that's, we're close. Our conversations reflect that. And then the last part of that is being sealed right we don't wonder we know it's 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 god's promise it's god's sealing covenant through the holy spirit our guarantee right we re, we received that at pentecost right? we see that reflection and so the old testament believers looking forward to those things in the kingdom and i'm like you know what we're here as new testament believers and we got that now right that's part of that mystery that's part of what takes place in that pause the cross the, the, the church, the coming of the Spirit, the rapture, all those, those marvelous things. So with John chapter 14, when we're thinking about it, Jesus is explaining to them, yes I'm the Messiah, yes I'm the Christ, but I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to the cross, right? And, and in John chapter 14, when he says he's going to heaven to prepare a place for them, and 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 I'm not going to apologize as we're jumping around, but let not your heart be troubled, was because Peter didn't understand this mystery. There were some details in there that he wasn't connecting. And Jesus is saying, "Don't, don't worry about the big picture here. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And when you start pondering on that, you believe in God, the Old Testament believer held all these Old Testament promises. God promised that right up, right up. God promised the kingdom of God, right? God promised you to have a relationship by faith, a fellowship through obedience. God promised, you believe in God? Believe also in me. Right? Jesus was beginning to reveal that mystery, the cross. Right, and then as we go through this study, there you're going to see there are little little bite-sized for them because it was a lot. But you believe in God, believe also in me in this that this promise that's coming with the cross. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. We'll just wind wind this down, and I put put this thought. Again, in the bulletin, you can, you can read it uh, a little bit later, but the idea of Jesus recognized Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, King, right before him, God himself in the flesh, right? Come with the kingdom. At this point, why would Peter be thinking about heaven, right? Heaven is part of picture. No, no Peter was like, you brought the kingdom. It's supposed to be here. Heaven's not part of Peter's picture, Right, and that's what Jesus is revealing to him. And, and I invite you to think about that, right? Because Jesus is talking cross and Peter's talking kingdom, right? Heaven go before the Father? Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. The kingdom, I thought it was on earth. But this is the pause, the mystery. We come down to even Thomas' question in verse 5, John chapter 14. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus' words, believe, you believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is calling on them to trust him. Trust him with this mystery. And Peter, Peter had to step away from his religion. Because Judaism was teaching some different things. He had to step away from tradition. He had to step away from formalities, ideas, and concepts. And Jesus is calling on them to listen to his words. Right? Listen to these words. Right? And that's, that's kind of the, the flip side of it too as we do our study. We, we have our own ideas in different areas. We have our own traditions. We have our own ideas and concepts. But it's these words. It's understanding what the Bible teaches us that, that brings us to that proper place. So I invite you one last time, and we'll close with this Acts chapter 1. The focus this morning has been on the mystery and why the idea of going to the throne room of God for Peter was like, What? <laughs> That's not the kingdom's supposed to come. That intimacy is supposed to come to the, the earth, it's supposed to come with your, your kingdom right and they didn't understand the cross they didn't understand um, the coming of the holy spirit Acts chapter 2 they didn't understand the jew and gentile being one in christ they didn't understand the imminent rapture that could happen at any time and in acts chapter 1 uh, even just beginning in verse 4 it explains this All right? this is just prior to pentecost our Savior, Messiah, Christ, King, has just been crucified on the cross, put in a tomb, rose again, you know, appeared to, to, to 500, to the 12, to the women, right? I mean, it's, it's a, a real deal here. But we still see the, the apostles working through that mystery, the mystery that they've been searching for. It says, and being assembled, well... We just have to begin in verse (laughs) 1. To the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, the ascension, and after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So, I mean, think of Peter, Thomas, Philip, Judas. You know, this is afterwards. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them for 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to heaven. Is that what it's that? Kingdom of God. So all of a sudden, right? right? The, the gospel, Jesus dies on the cross. He's buried, He ascended, right? But we need to include that, that messianic new covenant promised king or kingdom, Right In that picture, he's teaching the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. and Anyway, I feel like I'm going to start going deeper, so I'm going to try and come back up. we got, we got all summer. But here we go, the kingdom, things pertaining to the kingdom of God. This needs to be part of our, our gospel, not for salvation, but part of that full teaching as to our promises. And being assembled together with them, verse 4, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait... For the promise of the Father, which, and what was the promise of the Father? Coming of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that takes place at Pentecost, just one chapter later. Which he said, you have heard from me. For John the Baptist, John, truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, right, with the weight, the coming of the Spirit, the teaching of the kingdom of God, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, asked Jesus, saying, and read that question with me, because this will help this make sense, because they didn't quite understand the mystery still. The Spirit hadn't come yet, right? Verse 6, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Right? They're, they're, they're anticipating that kingdom of God still. Right? That, that rides in through First through Peter, through Hebrews, right? through James. Right? But they're anticipating that. That needs to be part of our gospel understanding. Right? The, the coming kingdom. What does Jesus say? And he said to them, "...it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority." But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We hold God's plan in our hands, right? We hold God's plan in our hands. It's not a mystery to us the same way it was to them. Right, We understand that if you've placed your faith in Christ, our next, next stop is looking forward to the imminent coming of Christ, the rapture for His church. Right? And we've just been given, we just read our commission to be sharing that gospel of Christ, to be teaching, to, to be discipling that whole picture to people. Right, it, It's such an important part of our understanding. The rapture's coming, that seven-year tribulation, and then we return. The born-again believer returns with Christ. There's our word, Neil. To inaugurate Israel's new covenant, messianic kingdom of God. A little less mystery now. It, uh, keep piecing it together. You, you've got those there. But, but for me, as a young man, and we'll bring it back to what was on my heart, The people in my church needed to be able to explain that to me. Right? The men in my life needed to be able to to take me out for coffee and explain some of those questions. I mean, I'm not going to ask what the 24 elders look like there as they're 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 singing Hosanna, because we you know those things that we don't quite understand, or the seraphim. I mean, I'm not I just what does my faith entail? What am I what am I looking forward to? Isn't the rapture a big part of our Christian faith? We need to be able to explain that, even on a napkin, all right? So that's my, my encouragement as a young man, right? Let's learn these things so that we can, we can disciple and teach these things. Uh, they're for us, but for others. And I'm open for questions as we continue. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that we were challenged. Lord, I pray that... Uh, let me say there's limited confusion, Lord, and if there is, Lord, I pray that you would give boldness to ask questions. Lord, that, that we would be learning our way through this just the way the apostles did. Lord, and, and it, it's, it's actually refreshing to see your patience. Lord, I, I pray as we anticipate. I mean, you could return five minutes from now, 30 seconds. You could return this week. Lord, I pray that we would look at our lives and make sure that, well, we won't be ashamed at your coming. Lord, and I pray that you would lay on our hearts people. That are connected, people in our families, friends, where we could have conversations about you, because we started out the service, and maybe it's just where my heart is, but eternity is very real, Lord. I pray, and and I'll I'll be selfish here, Lord. I, I pray for.